Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. How are you? I am living the dream. I am good. I heard we had a great weekend of basketball. We had a great weekend of basketball, and and personally, I had a great weekend of basketball as a coach. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. When we, of course, of course. So we we won our event. We won our bracket, which was awesome. So we won it is a, one of the better events in the Midwest, and we beat a great program out of uh, it's called Indy Heat um, in the finals. So that was fun. And I heard our two team, our two top teams, almost had to play each other for the championship. Our top two teams were in in the final four, so wow. we were very close, just a few points away from playing each other in the championship game, which had been really cool, which would have been a very heated battle to have a five-star championship. So close, but no cigar. Good. That's exciting. Super proud of all of our kids. It's super fun. So if you just tuned in, you know, Five Star Life is changing the face of education, of sports, of culture. And it's all about getting to the core root issues, our mindset, our operating system. And so over the last 18 years, we've developed so many different programs that reach kids in school, after school, at our 350-acre training facility, and sports programs. And so, you know, we're having major impact, but basketball, sports, is just a hook. It's a tool to actually coach and teach kids the game of life. And it's so fun to watch, uh, you know, when you start this thing in the end of March, the beginning of uh, April, you know, these kids that are put on a team and they start to figure each other out and come together and the coaches are just working with them and to see the progress is phenomenal. So our five select teams did so well over the weekend because they're so well coached um, and so well led. We have incredible coaches, incredible volunteers, incredible families. Um, so very, very proud. If you want to learn more about that program, go to fivestarlife.org and you will see a, a drop down menu, see basketball program there and get your kids involved or learn more good and we're almost winding up right yeah so we we yeah we're winding down so we have one more weekend of travel basketball the end of july if you're listening to this live and uh, then we break and then we uh we get ready to roll out the the fall leagues and all of our um all of our uh, winter travel travel basketball that will come up here in a couple months so if your kids are in grade school uh, middle school, and you're looking for an opportunity for them to grow and develop. We have so many clinics and trainings happening right now and into the end of the summer and into the fall. So go to fiveselect.org, get them signed up. Great. What are we talking about today? So we just, we just, you know, came out of filming um, a lesson for our five select kids um, talking about how to, you know, really break through and go to the next level in their social life. Um, it's funny because, you know, kids today have more avenues and more tools to connect socially than any time in history, but they're more depressed, more miserable, more suicidal than than any time in history. So it's very interesting. So we're doing this series on how to break through in their social life because so many kids don't know how to operate socially. And so this lesson focused on what we tell kids is the number one, um, you know, the most important relationship you can have in your social life. And that's the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. 
Um, so, you know, in talking to kids, I, I talk to thousands of kids um, every year. And yesterday I was talking to kids in, in the detention center. And it, one of the consistent themes, Mia, that I see and hear from kids, and some kids are aware of the horrible relationship they have with themselves, and some kids have no clue. You know, I talked to a girl yesterday who said, Coach Seth, um, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm incarcerated, uh, I have a 20-month-old uh, at home, and um, I'm addicted to drugs. I've been sober now for a month, but, you know, I, I just I shoot, shoot up all the time. I just, I just love the high. I said, so tell me, I just want to ask her, like, why do you do it? Because kids know right and wrong. Sure. So why do you do it? She said, it just gives me an incredible feeling. And I feel like I, I, I don't feel anything but good. I just feel so good, so free, and I can just escape everything. And, you know, what this boils down to, all these issues that kids, whether it's violence, whether it's drugs, whether it's um, doing all kinds of inappropriate things, it comes down to a, an unhealthy relationship with themselves. They have a toxic relationship with themselves. And so if you want to talk about how to thrive and have a breakthrough and start to interact socially with peers, you have to start with yourself. That's the most important relationship. So that's, that's the lesson. Gosh, and we're probably the worst best friend to ourselves. Yeah. And I that, think. Yeah, and that and that's that concept is foreign. Nobody really talks about that, but that's exactly what the lesson's about. If you can learn to become your own best friend, you will start to create a great social life and a great life period. You'll start to live a five star life. But we are horrible friends to ourselves. You know, we look in the mirror and we're like, I hate my hair. I hate this. I hate that. I don't like my personality. Blah, blah, blah. Right. We're so toxic. And, you know, would we hang out with people that talk to us that way? The answer is, I mean, hopefully not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We'd say that's a, that's not a friend. That's an enemy. That's not someone I want to be associated with. So, you know, we, we don't want to be around ourselves. We don't like ourselves. Right. And what, what do we do with people that we don't want to be around? We don't want to be with them. We avoid them. And so that, that's something that people do, you know, she's, she's a teenager. She's got a 20 month old. She doesn't like herself. So she's trying to avoid herself and just avoid everything and just escape. And what, what we, what we teach kids is that's not a solution. Like a solution is facing yourself and asking yourself the question, why is it that I don't like myself? I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of simple, mm -hmm. but we just avoid, we do all kinds of harmful things or we just stay so busy that we can't hear our own thoughts because we don't, we don't want to hear our own thoughts because we're kind of disgusted with ourselves or disappointed with ourselves. We don't want to hear the noise. We're trying to get away from the noise. And that's not a solution. It's, it's facing yourself and asking yourself, why is it that you don't like yourself? And I believe it comes down to a couple core reasons. Um, the first reason we don't like ourselves, and this happens through childhood, we, we learn to not like ourselves because of some of the labels that people slap on us, right? You have, you have peers and parents and siblings and everybody else that, that just innocently probably, like I don't think anybody's trying to ruin somebody else's life or label them, but it's that you're annoying, you know, you're a loser, you're this, you're that, you know, you're ugly, um, you're a disappointment. All these things can hang on us. 
right? And, and so that, that, then there's this other piece. Sometimes it, it, it's a bad experience. Someone threatens us or harms us. It's not just words. It's something they do to us, and that labels us. And we feel like we're damaged goods. And so th- there's these, these labels that get slapped on us. And so we learn not to like ourselves because of the way we've been treated. And then what do you, how do we teach kids to like kind of take those labels off? Well, it's, there's a whole nother lesson that we unpack kind of step by step, you know, how, how to rip off negative labels. Uh, you know, that, that, that can be a process, mm-hmm. but identifying them is, is key. Like being aware, like this is a label. Like we wrongly believe that this is who we are. Now, this is just a label that we've identified with, but you can rip that thing off and say, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live with this feeling of being rejected just because my biological father was ever in my life or just because somebody screamed or yelled at me or just because somebody, I was cut from a team or whatever. Like I'm not going to, I don't have to wear that the rest of my life. So you're saying that's the first step. It's the first step. So why don't I like myself? Identify that label. And then what are the labels? Yep. And then rip it off. So the, the, the second reason that we don't like ourselves is because of our own choices, our own decisions, right? We make poor decisions. We do things that we're ashamed of, we're embarrassed of. And w- what we teach kids is you know, there is this incredible thing that every single human being on the planet has. It's a precious commodity. It's called our conscious, conscience. It's our inner voice. And that inner voice is meant to guide us, to instruct us, to coach us, and to lead us into a five-star life. And it, it's, it sh- it's, it's almost like that's your true self mm-hmm. saying, this is who you are. This is how you can live. This is what you're capable of. And when we disregard that inner voice, even though maybe nobody else sees that we just, you know, did something bad, we know it. And so we don't like ourselves because of those choices. On the flip side, when we when we follow that inner voice, that conscience, we feel amazing. We help, you know, we hold a door for someone. Something simple, picking up a piece of trash that's not ours. Simple things like that we follow, we feel amazing about who we are. It improves our relationship. All right, we got to take a quick break, and we'll come back with more 5 Silly for you after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the 5 Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at 5starlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the 5 Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. And we are talking about liking yourself, being your own, your best friend. It's one of the most under-discussed topics, and some people just get weirded out because we tend to think, I think we've been, you know, told this line that we don't want to be narcissists, which is really important. There's a big difference between having a healthy relationship with yourself and being a narcissistic person that is toxic and can't get their eyes or their mind off of themselves. Like, that is not the key to having a great social life. (laughs) But unfortunately, you do look at those confident people that truly like themselves and you're just like, what's wrong with them? Like, wow, they're so into themselves. And it's unfortunate. It is. It is. It's interesting how we label confidence. Mm -hmm. We label people that have a healthy relationship with themselves. Secretly, we're probably a little jealous. We're wondering, is it real? 
or is it fake? Because some people fake it. Some people fake a good game, right? Right. Um, but we're talking about the real deal. And we're talking about the key to it being being your own best friend. And so, you know, when you don't like yourself, what do you, you avoid yourself. And instead of facing yourself, um, you, you run away from it. And what we tell kids is you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, why is it that I don't like myself? And what it is usually is it's, I'm not making good decisions. My inner voice, my conscience is, is, is basically calling me out. And if I can start to listen to that inner voice, I'm going to improve my relationship with myself, period. I'm going to feel much, I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to feel better about myself, right? So that, that is a, that is a huge key. So in becoming your own best friend, the other key to becoming a great best friend is to, to get, I mean, the best friends that I, the closest friends I have, it's because I really know them. Our problem is we don't really know ourselves. I don't think most people know themselves. I think we know ourselves at different levels based on how intentional we are. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, it does because I just was with my girlfriends who, gosh, we are 39 years, 50 years of friendship, you know, with That's each special. other. And I just realized that, man, I was so different. I was so like just comfortable and loose and silly. And I thought, man, I don't, I'm not that way all the time, mm. but how joyful and how wonderful that I get to experience it. But that's it because they know me. Yeah. You know, we are just who we are. Yep. And my uh, daughter said, well, did you guys have any drama? I'm like, no. I'm like, first of all, at our age, you know what I mean? Hopefully the drama's gone, but it goes back to that. We're all, we all are very comfortable with who we are and we enjoy each other. So, so when you think about that, you're in an environment where you're loved and you're accepted, which are our core to human desire and human need to mm-hmm. thrive, to be loved and accepted. So you're in an environment where it's safe and where people love you and accept you, period. So you can just drop all the barriers and relax and just be, which is therapeutic, which is actually the way you're supposed to function all the time. Mm-hmm. So our problem is we sit with ourselves critically, judgmentally, just re-mulling over all the things we've done wrong or the things that we don't like about ourselves, the imperfections or whatever. And so becoming your own best friend, you think about your best friends, they're just there to love you and support you and have fun. Mm-hmm. Think about if we took that approach to ourselves. I know. I'm be there to support myself, challenge myself, believe in myself. Like they're not going to sit around and pick out your faults, right? They're, right. They're going to be there to talk about how to overcome challenges. Mm-hmm. That's what best friends do for each other. That's what we're supposed to do to ourselves. So I, I used to have these moments where I didn't like myself. Um, I've always had some confidence just because of the way I was raised and because of my faith and for all these factors, so many, so many, so many good people that poured into me to make up this person of Seth. But I still had these moments where I didn't like myself and I didn't get why it was. I'd have these random like negative thoughts and emotions. And I thought, man, there's something wrong with me. Um, and like, there was this, like, I don't know, you know, there's this light side of us and then there's this dark side. And you, I was just concerned, like, man, I've got this dark side. What's wrong with me? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm a good person. And when I realized what I'm about to say, it changed my life. I mean, just like a, a, a light went off. So, so when I learned that we think as many as 70,000 thoughts every day, 
the average human being, up to 70,000 thoughts a day. And those 70,000 thoughts are not necessarily our thoughts. They're just random thoughts. See, our brain is like a supercomputer on steroids. There's no supercomputer. There's still no supercomputer that matches the human brain. So I just read this. There's a breakthrough study that says that a the human brain could store, has enough memory to store the entire internet. Holy smokes. But it runs off the same amount of energy that it would take to light a light bulb. Yeah. But it would take, it would take, literally, it would take a supercomputer, a nu- it would take a nuclear power plant to run that computer. Wow. <laughs> we are technologically advanced creatures. Yeah. But think about this. When I'm online and I'm scrolling on social media or I'm online searching for something and something pops up, there are the weirdest things that all of a sudden I made some crazy stuff pop up on my screen. And there's nothing in me. It's like, oh, there's something wrong. With my, I, I know they're bots. I just know there's information that's popping up and I just click the box and exit out. So our brains are supercomputers and we can randomly just have random thoughts pop up, a window that pops up that because of a horror movie that we watched 20 years ago or because of a Netflix series we watched or because of an interaction or whatever. And what happens is we think that came from us instead of just understanding, like, there are so many thoughts rolling around that supercomputer. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some random things that might pop up. We think it's ours. We take ownership. We wrongly think, we believe the lie that that originated within us. It's not us. We're brilliant creatures. When I learned that that was not me and I could disassociate with random thoughts, I'm like, it just took the pressure. I felt relieved. Like, that's not me. Now I can just laugh like that was a weird thought and just move on. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I better analyze and break this down and whatever. But people do that, right? People do that. And then they become victims where they believe that is them. Oh my gosh, I'm this. Oh my gosh, I have these tendencies. Oh my goodness. And there's a lot of places you can go to get labeled and they'll tell you that's who you are, but it's not. This is all scientific. Mm -hmm. This is very important. If you want to have a good relationship with yourself, this is really key to start to, again, getting to know yourself. You have to understand who you're not. What thoughts are you? What thoughts are not you? And the crazy thing is it comes down to personal choice. If you latch onto those thoughts, they can become you or not. Choice. It always comes back to our choice, doesn't it? Power of choice. So th- this is this is the key, and that's why it's so important. We teach kids all the time. This is why it's so important to really pay attention to what you allow to come in your mind. Because once it comes in, it's there, right? Mm-hmm. So when kids do take in a lot of horror, or adults, we take in all kinds of stuff that's not good, uh, that that can in, I mean it can and will influence us, right? It's just more that will pop up. So if you don't want more stuff popping up, then shut it down. Mm-hmm. Don't let it in the first place. So we've just got a couple more minutes. What can you tell us to kind of wrap this up? So again, our, as humans, our number one desire is to be loved, to be accepted, and you know sometimes we look for love and acceptance everywhere. We want friendship. We want community. And I would just tell people, start with yourself. Do you have a good relationship with yourself? Obviously, my faith is a part of that. Um, but w- w- if you can start to like evaluate and identify negative labels that are 
influencing your relationship with yourself. Rip those babies off, get rid of them. And, and then if you can start to just lean in, tune into your, your inner voice, your conscience, that will guide you well. Uh, these are all steps to becoming your own best friend mm-hmm. and um, ultimately getting to know yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. Quick question. Are all these labels from other people or do we label ourselves too? Oh, it's both. It's like what we're just kind of talking about. We can take, I mean, someone labels us, but it's our choice to keep it on. Mm-hmm. So it's truly us labeling ourselves, right? Most people are not trying to label us. Um, we, we take that, we stick that on. So rip it off and get rid of it. All right, we got to take a quick break and we'll come back with more Five Silly Life Radio after this. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, Each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to The Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I am joined in studio with a couple special guests uh, from OSMC, I have CEO Dan Garti and President Jason Hicks in the house. Gentlemen, welcome to Five Star Life Show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Super excited to have you guys. Um, OSMC, if you have just tuned in to our Five Star Life uh, show and podcast, um, fivestarlife.org, go there, learn more about what we're doing. But we're a nonprofit organization on a laser-focused mission to change the face of education, of sports, and of culture. And it takes like the community to do what we're doing for kids. We're reaching over 27,000 kids a week. And we have some incredible people, partners um, that, that get behind us. And OSMC is one of them. Uh, came on board this year as a sponsor of our Five Select Basketball Program. So pumped to have you guys in here. But I, I really want to just talk to you a little bit um, about OSMC. And uh, because every one of our partners, they're supporting us because there's alignment. Um, right. The values that we teach kids, respect, responsibility, integrity, sacrifice, courage. I, I remember sitting uh, in your office when we were just talking about, hey, we're Five Star Life. You guys are OSMC. Do you have interest in getting involved in some way? And remember the first thing you guys said was, man, our values. We, we believe in the same things. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I just remember uh, when the opportunity first came up and I knew you were coming to meet with us. And and we get those sometimes. We actually get a lot of that. And so uh, right when we sat down and you started talking to us about your organization, I mean, it just seemed like from a philanthropic standpoint and from an ethics and integrity standpoint, you guys were all about all the things that we're trying to create in the healthcare space. And and so, uh, so it was just an easy match. You know, I mean, when you start talking and then I went out and saw your facility, I was like, this is this is something we need to be involved in. And so, yeah, I'm very excited about, about the opportunity and how it's going so far, 100%. I mean, our, our motto is do the right thing right, right? And that means for the right reasons. And we try to, we try to build a foundation based on being ethical um, in spite of all the challenges that there can be to hold that, that moral high ground in the face of, you know, the expense and the regulation and healthcare and, 
and the market. And, uh, and so, you know, I think we sacrifice a little bit to, to maintain those values. And so we feel like it's important to align ourselves with other organizations so that the public and the community can kind of see what we're trying to accomplish and why we're trying to accomplish it. And so I think this affiliation kind of, it's like where put your money where your mouth is, right? Who, who do you associate yourselves with? Like I talk to my kids about, you know, I look at your friends and you know what I mean? That's right. That tells me a lot about, you know, the direction that you're heading. And I feel like that's a big part of why this alignment is important for us is to have another culturally <clears throat> aligned organization that is also very successful and at the ground level with our community, right? And bringing up the right type of people. Yeah. Oh, good, Jason. Mm, I, I, I would agree with Dan. Um, I think for our group, for what we do, our medical practice, orthopedics, mostly, um, what we're probably the most proud of is our culture. Um, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. And uh, sometimes it's tiring. And uh, there's a balance. I think... Gosh, I think I talked to you about this in our boardroom about how, you know, we're, we're a for-profit company, right? We have a few hundred employees that all depend on us for their income and their health insurance and all that. So we, it's not like we're, you know, just doing stuff for free, but there's a balance. And uh, I feel like we try to do things the right way. And I think what interested me about your organization is that, um, you know, we somewhat early. I mean, it seems like you're pretty big now, but um, you just started, you haven't been around forever. Um, just starting, and it was, um, I agree with Dan, it's nice to align yourself with someone who seems to have similar values. So, yeah, that, that meeting actually, um, you know, when you, after you had left, I talked to Dan and some of my other partners that were there and said, you know, we, I think we think a lot alike. It'd be nice to work with them if we can. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, we're certainly grateful and appreciative. Um, you said something about culture. You said culture it's hard to create a good culture and maintain a good culture. And you said you're most proud of your culture. Uh, go a yeah. little further into that. Well, so the, I think it's hard because it, it takes, um, you, you've got to hold people accountable is what I think is hard for. So for me, um, it could be holding my own partners accountable. These are these are peers of mine. These are colleagues of mine. They're physicians, right? right? They're somewhat um, sometimes opinionated and have their ideas. And um, you know, it's sometimes it's it's easier just to let people let it slide, right? We're going to let that go, um, even though it doesn't align with what we're really trying to do here. We're going to let that person because it's just it's hard. It's hard to go talk to him about it. It's hard to change behavior. Um, you might even run them off, right? Um, so. It's hard in that way. And it's also hard. It's a lot of employees, a few hundred employees. They all have families. Um, there's different things going on in each of their lives that affect them, but then they bring it to work. And it's just hard. It's hard work sometimes to maintain the culture that you value, that, that, you, mm -hmm. that you feel is so important. But it's worth it. It can get away from you. I mean, I think if you ignore it for, I don't know how long it takes, but it wouldn't take long if you just let things kind of go and, and not tend to it, um, it could look different in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. See, I love these conversations because, you know, there, there are so many uh, companies that it's just about the bottom line, right? right? Make money at all costs. As long as we're making money, it doesn't really matter. Let's just keep making money. 
right? Right. And so, you know, it's so exciting that there's companies and businesses that have vision like you all do, that it's really the culture. Because really, that, that is in essence putting the client first. You care about people. You're in the people business. You're trying to help people. Sure. And, you know, the fact that we're having this conversation means you're putting your, your focus and your energy into a place that you really believe in because, you know, we talk about this as an organization all the time. We're only as strong as our weakest link. Right. Which, which is really tough. Mm-hmm. which means there is accountability, there's a bar, there, there's checks and balances. And that means it's not always this perfect five-star world. Sometimes there's like, it's hard, it's mm-hmm. accountability. People are in tears. People don't like you because see those values right there? See these expectations that we talk about and preach? We actually are going to live by them. Right. And if we don't, we're going to apologize and then fix it. Correct. Yeah. Right. We even have... We have a little bit of a unique situation, too, in that, um, you know, we have different people in different stages of their career, and um, there are some decisions that, that are to be made that, you know, financially speaking, might actually benefit an older person closer to retirement, but then won't be a benefit for the group in the long run. And so I'm, I'm very proud that we have a culture in our group where that's not what, what we do. So... You know, if I'm going to retire in five years, there's some decisions that we could make with this group that would benefit me greatly from a financial standpoint, but would hurt OSMC in the long run. And it takes some discipline, not just from me, but the the entire organization to uh, make the right decision for the long term, for the future of the organization. Yeah, it's it's not a siloed organization. It's very Mm -hmm. much a team approach and everybody looking to help everybody else succeed. You know, and then you've got the internal culture that we work really hard on and then our culture externally with with our partnerships and and the people that we align ourselves with externally and like even in our business relationships you know we try we work very hard Dr. Hicks and I talk a lot about when we're evaluating a partnership making sure that it that it's that true you know cliche win-win scenario mm-hmm. right like we're willing to not take the lion's share right we're willing to give up some autonomy and some control in order to align ourselves with people with like vision, right? And so, and I think for the community, it's beneficial because we're in it for long-term relationships. There's like, there's easy short-term things that you can do, right? And you can exploit partners and you can, you can assert your control over certain scenarios, but we just, we don't function that way. And I think it's a sacrifice to us sometimes for some potential relationships. Um, but in the long term, I think it's worked out very well. You know, we've got a, a partnership that we're working with, uh, with Beacon on, um, and that's, that's going very, very well. And we're expanding into the Granger market and we've got a brand new surgery center and a, a clinic out there and a walk-in clinic. And I think, uh, the community out there is really picking up on the opportunity to, to work with our physicians, you know, when, when you come into like our walk-in clinic and, and that's another way that, Sometimes we sacrifice bottom line for experiencing community health care. You know, so like at our walk-in clinic, when you come in, you see a, a physician, like an orthopedic physician right off the bat. Right? That's amazing. And so if you go in and to, you know, some other urgent cares or whatever, and, you know, there is definitely value to all the levels of service in healthcare and allied professions, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, PTs, OTs, sure. all the like, absolute value there. But when you have an urgent care situation and somebody comes in and then they can come in and then they get 
it's not necessarily automatically another visit that's needed. Like sometimes you go into an urgent care and you get directed, well, and there's value to that. There, you get directed to, well, you need to make an appointment here. You need to make an appointment layers, there. There's appointments layers. and that's more money. Perfect. Perfect, right? And yeah. more time. And time is a very difficult resource for yes. all of us. We think about like the parents of the kids that we treat. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take time off of work, yep. you know, and, and that's always difficult. You got to pull the kid out of school, all those things. So we try to make it all happen in like a one stop. Like you come sure. in, you're going to see a doctor, you're going to get your imaging all in the same place. You're going to get your PT, your OT, your rehab. You're going to get a very good diagnosis right off the bat. And so we think, like I said, you know, sometimes fiscally, that's not always, it's, it's not always the most beneficial, but I think from an experience standpoint, the community really has started to, to take notice. Like we have one, we also have a walk-in clinic in downtown Elkhart at the Health and Aquatics Center that's open in the afternoons. And I remember when we first made that decision to open it up, it was a real risk for us um, because we, we already have substantial number of clinics, especially here in downtown Elkhart. And, but we knew that that opportunity for somebody to just walk in, not have to make that appointment, you know, the, the convenience of it. Right. But then also saying, we want you to see a physician when you yeah. go out here. Um, and I think it, I think we've seen it really explode um, in, in the short term. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's amazing. You know, it's so simple. When you just make decisions based on how you can help people. <laughs> I mean, right. it's so simple, yeah. but so powerful. So I remember, you know, leaving your, uh, your office, we first met. And I didn't really, you know, I was, I was learning about OSMC kind of for, for the first time, even though we're like, you know, 50 yards apart. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Down the street. So you're like, yeah, we have walk-in clinic. I'm like, Bray, our director of basketball operations, like Bray, let's send, you know, and you know, we have hundreds of kids that play basketball, competitive basketball. Unfortunately, there's injuries. Sure. I'm like, Bray, let's test them out. Let's see if they do what they say they're going to do. And I think it was within two weeks, we had two families referred and you guys did exactly what you said you're going to do. Like they, had, they all had a great, like we checked them mm-hmm. in on them it's great to hear. and they had great experiences. They were helped just the way you said they were going to be helped. And it, it was awesome. Um, I, myself, I got an entry, I made an appointment and it was incredible. I went in and I'm thinking it's going to cost me a lot of money. Who knows where this could go? The doctor was so down to earth and he, he gave me a recommendation that probably most wouldn't have. Um, I sliced my finger. I severed um, a main tendon mm-hmm. where this pinky can't, it has no control. And he just said, listen, um, you know, I could do surgery on it. I could try to repair the tendon. It's not going to help you much. So if I were you, I mean, it's your call. I can do the surgery. I can do the operation. I'm willing to do it. But, or you can save several thousand dollars and just live with it. I, I listen, you have mm. no idea how much I appreciate that. Yeah. Because I don't know any better. He could have told me, oh, I can fix that. It's going to be great. You'll have full fun. He could have totally sold me you know, a bag of goods. I would have bought it and I would be no better for it. And so, so I've had a great experience personally. Our families have. So um, it, it is fun when your mission, the five-star life mission, the values, when we carry it out and impacts kids. It's fun for you guys when you have a mission, you work so hard in your culture, you hire the right doctors, you hire the right you know, therapists. And it all works together. It's fun. And so it's really fun having you guys here in our first year of this partnership and it's working. Right. And so I just want to say thank you for what you're doing in the community. I thank you that you're putting people first and truly providing great health care to people in a really, it's their lives. It's their mobility. It's a big deal. Absolutely. So thank you. And thank you for believing in the mission of Five Star Life. 
Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Thank you. All right. What did I miss? Anything else you want to share? Only what I did already, just that we're, you know, we're expanding into the St. Joe County market and we're trying to proliferate our, our healthcare experience as far as that we can. We've got some, uh, some new surgeons coming on. Dr. Dr. Jake Hinckley is going to be starting with us this week. He's a total joint specialist and we had Dr. Schultz and Dr. King that joined us within the last year. And, you know, in the Middlebury and Napanee and Granger communities, uh, their, their name has really gotten out there and I think people are really gravitating towards them. And, um, and, and like you said, I, I think... I'm just really happy to hear that your experience was, uh, you know, it wasn't overutilization of our skill set, which is to say that you come in and then it's some places you go and it's it's uh, it's an operation machine, right? Like you come in and you're going to get operated on, you're going to get all of these. When a lot of the time, those diagnoses will you know resolve on their own or with conservative management. Um, and, and we work really hard to make sure that it's the best value for, for the patient, not only, not only from a fiscal perspective, of course, you don't want a giant deductible in surgery if you don't have to, but if your true prognosis is going to be the same, um, then we, we take the route of conservative management. I mean, I'm speaking, I I, I have a motto. It leads right into it. I'm going to say, go for it. It's actually, it's, (laughs) and I'm sure you've, you've probably seen something like it before, but I mean, I was driving by, a. um, an auto mechanic shop and it wasn't too long after was it Sears that got in trouble with uh with their mechanics that were there was a big company like Sears that got in trouble with like you know they got caught doing things that weren't necessarily like maybe sure. replacing a battery that really wasn't dead or, or stuff like that right and this this auto mechanic shop it was in downtown South Bend had a sign that said you know if it's not broke we won't fix it and um I kind of feel like that's what we do um you know, you might not get an MRI. You might not even get an X-ray if it's not necessary, and you definitely won't get surgery if it's not necessary. So I, I feel like, you know, that's part of our culture. That's part of what we recruit and retain. Also, I'll add one more thing because I think this actually helps identify who we are too. So, um, healthcare is challenging. Um, reimbursement, you know, getting paid and how you know it. It's not. It keeps getting harder. It's not getting easier. And there's some there's some response to that is to get bigger. You know, to you know the the bigger you are, then the more leverage you're going to have with negotiating with payers, right? Um, we had a decision to make a handful of years ago about what do we want to look like? Do we want to grow like massively grow to have that sort of clout? Um, and we decided no. Um, we thought it would be challenging to maintain the culture we had if we grew too big. Um, and we wanted to just, mo- I mean, most of us, I mean, we, we live here, um, we're ingrained in the community, and we wanted just to take care of the people where we live, where we live and work and play. We all, most of us have, I mean, different stages of career, but everyone's had kids that go through our local school systems here and are involved in the community. So we decided... We want to just, we want to live and work and play and take care of the people in Elkhart County, St. Joe County, LaPorte County, that we're not trying to be USA orthopedics. And so it's important to us. This community is important to us and um, we want to do a good job. Well, it's, it's refreshing and I, I'm hoping it, it 
starts a trend <laughs> in the industry because all of that is just so needed and it's the biggest frustration people have is just the process, the fees, everything. And you guys just do what's right for people. And I've got to experience it firsthand. So thank you. And thanks for your belief in Five Star Life. Um, you know, your sponsorship has helped scholarship so many kids this year that are having incredible, you know, seasons and growth and learning and just allowing them to have the, like, because it's, it's expensive to play travel basketball. Oh, yeah. Yep. So kids that can't afford it, um, uh, it's just, you've given them the opportunity to be a part of a team and to be coached and not just in basketball, but we're talking in life and through crazy situations and they're now a part of our family and it's having huge impact. We'll tell that story another time for, uh, because we're about out of time here, but I just want to say thank you again, um, Dr. Hicks, um, and Dan Garty, president and CEO of OSMC. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, this show. I want to encourage you to uh, listen to this uh, as much as possible. Subscribe to us. You can now listen to this uh, anywhere podcasts are played. You can also watch this. You can see us live, as some of you are right now, on our YouTube channel. Go to fivestarlife.org to find all those places. Please subscribe to this. Share this. Encourage others to go to it. Have a great week. See you next time here at Five Star Life. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.